Okay, when everybody gets quiet, that's my cue, I guess. Um, appreciate you being here today. If you will, open your Bibles to the book of James. We'll be turn, uh, turning there and exploring some of those uh, verses here in just a moment. I do appreciate uh, John uh, starting things, our th- thoughts off uh, for us here two weeks ago in the book of James. And two weeks ago, uh, we were at a different point in time, uh, and um, last week, as soon, well, actually last Saturday, as I, as I woke up and um, we see all the things going on, I thought, okay, well, tomorrow morning we're jumping right into verse 3. And then, you know, last week our, our Bible class changes uh, uh, prevented us from looking at this, but that's what we're, where we're going to go to here uh, this week. Uh, and let me just say to start off with, um, as we talk about things, the book of James is one of those, uh, if you haven't said before, and John pointed this out, that the book of James is one that's very practical. And so if, if we don't dive into the practical and don't get real with this, then we're doing ourselves a disservice and we're doing the scriptures a a disservice. We cannot just read the Bible and just read it and just move on and leave here and go home and put it down and not have it change our lives. But part of the difficulty of really diving in and getting real with the scriptures is sometimes it can be painful. And I will say in the book of James, I would venture to say that it may not be today, but at some point in time, as we go through the book of James, it's going to be painful for you. And I don't do that uh, out of a try to, I'm not trying to make it painful for you, but that's just as we dive into the book of James and it's a mirror to our souls, uh, it, it sometimes can be painful. And if anything I say this morning or uh, anything as, as a result of us reflecting on the scripture and, and gets painful, once you ask for help and, and ask for uh, understanding on that and understand it's not me just trying, I'm trying to single you out. I do, I'm new here, so I'm the perfect one to teach this book of James because I don't know all the little Secrets. So if you think I'm just talking, I'm looking at you and talking directly to you, that's not me. That's, uh, that's not uh, that going on. Uh, but as, w- as we do this this morning, some of the things we look at may be painful. And you may be going through times today uh, that are painful. And I, and I hope as a result of us studying, we'll have hope. And I think uh, Neil's lessons this morning really set the tone for our say, and really today will just be extension of of that lesson. So, as we before we dive in, let's bow for a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, as we come to you, we thank you for your word, and we thank you uh, for how it pierces our heart, dear Father. Sometimes, as we look at these things, uh, dear Father, they are painful. But dear Father, help us to also see the joy and the hope that is there through your word and help us to not leave today with a feeling of discouragement, but help us to leave today with with hope and with uh, a hope of one day being 
with you in a place where there is no pain and where there is no suffering. And it's through your son's name that we pray. Amen. So I want to ask um, this morning as, as we begin, uh, have you ever been so challenged with a trial that um, you did not want to come to the assembly? And these first several times, I'm not asking you necessarily to say yes or no or raise your hand or anything like that. But I want us to reflect. And reflection is very strong and uh, very helpful. And the more we can sit down and reflect, I'm, I'm confident that we can be closer to the kind of people God wants us to be. But have you ever been to, so struggling with a trial that you didn't want to come to the assembly? Have you ever been uh, struggling with a trial that you felt like everyone was staring at you? That maybe others knew about your trial, uh, whether it's sickness or loss of a loved one. Maybe maybe it's um, something this week. Maybe it's a struggle that you're going through that you felt like everybody was staring at you. And if they weren't staring at you, you felt that everyone was avoiding you. Uh, Maybe you felt like as you came here, um, you felt like others were avoiding you. Have you ever felt that when people saw you, they saw the problem that you were going through, the trial that you were going through? Have you felt that you were putting on a mask and sometimes telling everybody, oh, I'm doing great, I'm doing fine? But down deep inside, you're, you're struggling. It was all you could do to get here. And you're just trying to get through. And you're trying to put on that face, uh, that uh, basically a mask. Have you also felt uh, that uh, you, uh, that no one really understood what you were going through? That nobody else understood this particular trial and nobody knew where you really were. Have you felt like you couldn't talk to somebody? And have you felt that you overanalyze everybody's comments to you? That you wonder, well, what do they really mean by that? Well, they said this to me. Were they saying that because of that trial? Um, you second-guess everything that was being said? And I hope maybe you're one of those people that you haven't been in any of these things. But if you have been in a trial, I guarantee you there's some of these that connect with you. Because I've been there. I've, I know those trials. And I've been there multiple times. And the reality is, if we're being honest, and a lot of times we aren't with each other, but if we're being honest, we've all been there. And if you really could ask every single person in here, we've all been there as part of that. Well, I say these things not to make it painful for you, but to set the tone for James chapter 1. So, one more little quiz here. And this, again, is not something uh, for you to necessarily answer out. Although, if if you feel compelled, I I want this to be an open class uh, to you. But I want you to think of a significant trial in your in your past. And perhaps you're going through a trial right now 
and all you can think of while we're here is, oh, man, he's talking right about my trial now. But even if you are going through one of those trials now, I'm going to ask that you think of another trial in your past. And this is where it's going to be very helpful. Uh, first of all, what was the toughest part of that trial? And, and, and I've given you sheets, and uh, this is just your notes here. Nobody else has to see that, and nobody even knows the trial that you're thinking in your head. So no matter what you write, I imagine what you're writing down is similar to other, other people's comments. They don't know that trial. But what was the toughest part of that trial for you? And I'm just asking that you reflect and just jot it down. What was the toughest part of that trial? Second question, were you stronger or weaker as a person? Of course, we're thinking of a trial in the past here. Were you stronger or weaker as a person as a result of that trial? There's only two ways to go here. You were either stronger after going through that trial or you're weaker. And different people handle things different different ways. And some trials are tougher than others. But in this one you're thinking of, were you stronger or weaker as a result of that trial? Third question. Did you grow closer to God during the trial? Or did your faith weaken as a result? In other words, when you're in the middle of that, do you remember praying to God harder than you've ever Prayed, or did you wonder if God was even there? Did was your faith did your faith weaken, or did you grow closer uh, to God? And the last question on this this particular one is: Do you remember asking for answers to your prayers and faith, or do you feel that you doubted in that particular trial? And I think we've all gone through both sides of this. If we're being honest, we've both gone through both sides. But in this particular trial that you're thinking of, which side were you on? Do you remember asking for prayers and faith to help you get through it? Or did you doubt in that particular trial? Now one more little exercise here, and I promise we're going to dive in. I think this is helpful for this this morning, and particularly if you've um, if you're going through something right now. Uh, the next question is to think of a trial that you helped someone through. And so all of us have probably helped somebody in our past uh, through a trial, and you've helped someone walk through it. Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a child. Um, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's somebody this week. But think of a trial that you helped someone walk through. So this is a little different. But this is probably easier for you to think of, and that's where we're going to get to today. First of all, how did that journey make you feel? As you helped that person through that trial, how did that journey make you feel? Were you more or less willing to help that person or other people after it was over with? Like after you helped them through that trial, were you more willing to help others through that through a trial? Or were you less willing to help others uh, through a trial? 
The next question, were you stronger or weaker as, as a person as a result of that trial? And then the last one, did you grow closer to God during the trial or did your faith weaken as a result? Now, if, if you're really being honest about those things, I think you're going to be able to understand James's writings here in the uh, first part of the book of James. But really, the subject of trials comes up all throughout James, and we're going to come back to this several times throughout uh, this book, and it, uh, that's just part of it. And, you know, sometimes... Uh, some people compare the book of James to the Sermon on the Mount, and sometimes the logic seems a little backwards from what uh, the, the world says and what we're used to. Sometimes it steps on our toes, and it's full of, uh, some compare it, like John said, to the, uh, to the prophet, uh, Proverbs, where it's just uh, item after item that we need to know. But first of all, uh, we, as we dive into James chapter 1, uh, verse 1, we see James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Now, I, I'm reading out, uh, uh, you'll have to bear with me. So, uh, I've, I've used the iPad quite a bit in study. And I've, um, I've preached mainly out of uh, New King James, and that's where I can just turn everywhere. You know, I know I can almost beat the, the preacher when they're uh, turning, but this one's not it. This is, uh, I'm using an ESV, and um, the ESV, I'll just put in a little plug for it. Um, it corrected some of the errors from the New King James Version. And uh, as far as modern versions, it's been around now 20 years. It came out 2001. But most of our preaching schools and um, Christian colleges use the ESV now because it is considered to be one of the most accurate uh, modern versions. But it does read better. But I'm still not, I'm still breaking in this one, so I can't just turn, and so if you see me fumbling in the pages, I'm still breaking it in uh, as we go through there, but sometimes I'll quote or say something out of the New King James, because I still, that's what comes to my mind, uh, and I can turn to it easily, but, so I have the ESV on one, and then I have my New King James here on my iPad, so uh, you'll have to bear with me, because I may interchange that, and I'm not trying to confuse you, but... Uh, John said that uh, James was the brother of uh, Jesus. Can you imagine growing up with uh, Jesus being your older brother? Now, I was the oldest in my family, but I still heard every once in a while from my mother, why can't you be more like this one in this situation? But can you, I, I could just, we're not told that in the scriptures, but I just have to suppose, what if Jesus was my older brother? Now, we do know from the scriptures, and John pointed this out, that uh, there, were, there was a period of time when, uh, when Jesus' brothers did not believe. Um, they, they didn't look at him that same way. But then we are told, and John pointed out uh, some of those things, that James was a rock and a pillar in the church, and particularly the church in Jerusalem. 
And he's the writer of this. And so when we just read James, a servant of, the, of God and Lord Jesus Christ, the 12 tribes in this dispersion, it's important for us to understand what he's talking about here. And he's not just writing uh, this. So the first ver- words there, can you imagine the significance of James in saying that he's a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ? He's basically saying, I'm a servant of God and my older brother. But he, he knew that Jesus was deity. He was, he was God. He was the son of God, and he believed that um, wholeheartedly. So it wasn't just his older brother. It was the fact that he was the son of God, and so he, he believed that. But let's talk a little bit about the 12 tribes and the dispersion. So what was he talking about here? Anybody? He's talking about the Jews. So 12 tribes, he's referring to Jews. So Christians that are Jews. But also, what does he mean by uh, in, in the dispersion? All right. So let's just turn there. Look at uh, Acts 1. I'm um, Acts 8. Acts 8. So uh, this, so it was after Stephen's death. And now remember who was there at Stephen's death that we all know. Paul, Saul. Uh, Saul was his name then. And he was standing there holding the cloaks of some. And then right after that, in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, we're told that Saul approved of his execution. Talk about Stephen. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. So here we find that the church in Jerusalem, remember that was kind of the hub, and it was pretty large at that time. It was dispersed throughout the, that area. So James is writing uh, to these people. But let's look in Acts Eight. We'll just quickly go through this, um, if you will. Let's turn to Acts 11, verse 19. So in Acts 11:19, now those who were scattered because of the per- persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word uh, to no one except Jews. So James is writing to this group. Uh, he's writing... Uh, to those that were spread abroad. Now turn one chapter chapter over. Um, Acts 12, verse 17. Now here we have Peter, and remember he um, was put in jail and then came out. He was knocking on the um, uh, the door, the gateway. Um, they, you know, the Christians were gathered together and they were praying. But let's look at that just a little bit. In verse 17, but motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. So notice James's position here. Um, basically, he said, tell James and, and uh, the brothers um, there. James is, is mentioned first. He's a leader there uh, in the church. He's a leader, part of uh, this group uh, there in Jerusalem. So Acts uh, 15, 
Acts 15. Let's look at uh, verse 13. Um, so here the Jerusalem councils gather together. Uh, they're debating about the Gentiles and how uh, they're learning uh, the Word of God. And they're de- talking about the, um, this uh, debate of how to treat them. And notice uh, verse 13. After they uh, finished speaking, James replied, brothers, listen to me. So James is one. You get the impression from this passage, if we really dive in, we don't have time today to really dive into it. But you get this impression that James is one of those that when he taught, others listened. And so uh, here in this congregation, in this church, that's basically listen to all this debate, but then he said, brothers, listen to me. And you get that impression there um, here from this passage. Also one more, uh, Acts 21, 18. And there's other passages we could look at James, and it's really amazing how much we do know about him. But, one more in Acts 21, verse 18, we have Paul going to Jerusalem. So Paul, who once persecuted uh, and was causing some of this dispersion, now he's going uh, to Jerusalem. And notice verse 17, when we had come to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went in with us. To James and all the elders were present. So that's that's James. He is one of the pillars, one of the leaders in the church. So back to James one now. So when he writes this passage and he starts and he says, James, the servant of God, know the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. Who is he writing to? It's it's basically his. Home congregation, if you will, but they've been spread all abroad. So it's not just this general letter that's uh, he's writing to people he doesn't know. He's writing to encourage all these brothers and sisters that have been dispersed. Now let's get real for just a minute. They've been dispersed. Was dispersed mean? Scattered. Was scattered mean? What happened to them? They were separated, driven out, driven out out of where? Their homes. They lost their homes. They're driven away from their families. You know, the the tribes many times lived there in the same community, and they had done so for years and years. So everybody's distant cousins and all that were right there. And they're scattered abroad, so they're they're now living away from their homes, and they're scattered abroad. Now I, I'm not in real estate, but I heard um, there were around 50 homes on the market before this, and it was just said over a thousand were damaged or destroyed. Uh, the other day I'd heard around 500 were destroyed where people couldn't live in them anymore. So I've been asked by people that don't live here, and, you know, I'm still new to the area, so all these people that know me from other places are saying, where, where is everybody living? 
I can't answer that. Um, I know some are living in hotels, and that's what we experience. Um, we've been, I won't say we've been through this, because we haven't been through this, but I have lived in uh, Florida. I know Shadona's lived on the Gulf Coast. Um, we, last year we went through two uh, hurricanes. And um, so I know some people just end up living in hotels. And some trailer parts FEMA will provide trailers for, um, for some people. But we have people here that are dispersed, if you will. So let's get real when we study the book of James. He's writing to those that have lost homes and lost family. They're away from everybody. So he's writing to these brothers and sisters. He's trying to get real, and he's telling them what they need to hear. I think that you couldn't get it more accurate to what we need to hear uh, today. So to these people, what does he start off with? Let's look at verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without approach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, but he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So he starts off, and I don't know, maybe we pretend, but can anybody just really explain verse 2 to these people here. Um, Count it all joy when you fall in trials of various kinds. What does that mean? How can we treat it uh, joy when we're going through trials and struggles? Okay. So it is temporary, and I think Neil... Mentioned that in his lesson today, that that was his first point, that it is temporary. And so uh, that's that's one uh, thought. Absolutely. It, it can cause us to focus on what's important. Now, what what happens if what we've lost is what we feel is important? What if it's a spouse? What if it's children? So sometimes as we get through a trial and we reflect back, just like I asked you to do at the first of, of this, is sometimes we realize, even as painful as it was, that we either were closer to God or more dependent on God. Um, we may not say we're stronger because we felt pretty weak going through it. Uh, but maybe that is what's stronger. Maybe a dependence on God is stronger. And I appreciate you bringing that up. And there's different kinds of trials. There's trials for um, suffering as a Christian, uh, for doing the right thing, and sometimes we come under persecution because of that. Uh, Maybe we're shunned. Maybe we're yelled at, maybe we're, um, maybe we could even lose our job or, or whatever 
But there's different trials uh, because we are a Christian. Later on, we're going to talk in the book of James of trials as a result of our own doing uh, because of sin. And sometimes those trials uh, we bring on ourselves because of something stupid we've done. And uh, we brought that on ourselves, and now we're going uh, through a trial because of that. And James does also deal with that. I don't think he's dealing with it in this verse, but he also uh, deals with that. But also, um, so the New King James uh, uses the interesting word there in verse 2. So New King James says, Counter all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, I don't fall that often. Um, and sometimes I walk through uh, woods at night. I enjoy hunting and that kind of thing. And sometimes uh, you might step in a hole uh, or whatever. But when, when you fall into trials, I think the wording in New King James is very interesting there. And the ESV says you, when you meet trials of various uh, meet trials of various kinds. But the idea there is these people did not bring the trials on themselves. This was not because of something stupid they did. So they, they either fell into those trials or whatever. I think that's important for us to hear today based on what we went through this past week. Did, did we cause that tornado? Uh, to come now, if you were standing outside video in this when this came through, I, that, I may argue with you on on that one. Uh, I was not videoing uh, during that, but he's describing people that went through trials that they did not cause. They fell into those trials, or they met those trials based on because they were Christians, and now because they're Christians, they're scattered scattered uh, abroad. Um, and so that's who he he's talking uh, to there. So his his church family has lost their homes, been scattered abroad. That's who he's writing to. And so he's asking them to count it all joy. Now let me ask you this: uh, I ask you uh, to reflect on what if you uh, how you help somebody else get through a trial. How do you feel about that? Some somebody share about that. How did that make you feel of helping someone walk through a trial? One of the questions I asked was, would, would you be more willing or less willing to again to help somebody uh, because of helping one other? <laughs> okay. It 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 takes a special person that can help those that don't want to be helped or. Uh, keep falling, uh, but for the most part, if I ask for your help, uh, uh, had a brother come up, hey, I'll help you pass out so that way you can uh, focus on what you've got to study, and that happened every, all throughout this week. Uh, people said, hey, I'm willing to help, and it gave you a good feeling, not our pride, it's just you knew you were genuinely helping somebody that needed the help. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I, I don't want to close. I, I heard the bell, and we could, we will be talking about this for uh, several weeks. And uh, but I did want to get to something um, uh, with you uh, for just a second. Um, 
tips for trials. We'll, we'll go through this very quickly, but from these things, Neil uh, mentioned this from, and also verse from verse three. For you know that the testing of your faith produces uh, steadfastness. So this idea of testing is temporary. Means it's going to produce steadfastness. In other words, this trial is temporary. And that's what Neil touched on earlier uh, today. Secondly, know that this trial will make it more complete, make you more complete. And that's mentioned in verse 4, that you will be more complete, uh, perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. In other words, without a trial, we're not complete. And that's tough to swallow. So if you're going through trials, that means God means has bigger plans for you. And you're going to be more complete after going uh, through this trial. You're going to be better equipped to be a servant of, tr- of God after this trial. It may be that you'll be better equipped to help somebody else going through a similar situation after you get through it. But also another tip for uh, for this is to ask God for wisdom, verse 5. We're told if any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask God who gives generously to all without a reproach and it will be given to him. And that's exactly the comment that was just made. We're asked, uh, God gives generously without reproach to us. I think it's our duty to do the same. But if you're wondering, how do I help somebody through a trial? How do I get help through a trial? What are we told to do? Ask God for wisdom and he will grant it. Uh, he will grant uh, that wisdom. Uh, he may not remove the trial, and that may be what we really want, but he will grant you wisdom in how to get through uh, the trial. And then verses 6 through 8, we need to have faith and do not doubt. We all go through our periods of doubt, but that testing and that trying, that struggling with our idea about God is, is where we really grow. And then we also need to look forward to the reward, and that was mentioned today by Neil very well, but in verse 12 of James 1, we'll touch on this more later. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which the God has promised to those that love him. And then we'll talk more about this later, but we need to call for the help of others. And that's why I'm asking you today. But in chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, we're told if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warned and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? Um, So our thought, exactly what you've been doing this week, and I hope we will continue this week, is this idea of we need to do something and, and ask for help if we need help because you're willing to help others. You've been willing to help others. So why wouldn't we ask for help when we really do need help? And so I think that's one thing we all need to, to learn here. As we, as we close uh, today, I want to leave with you a, a verse that came across somebody mentioned to me yesterday. It's First Thessalonians verse 3, verses 7 and 8. And I, I put it up here for you. In all our distress and affliction, we've been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fa- uh, fast in the Lord. The idea is I can live 
because of your faith. Now, the tradition tells us, and we're not told this in the scriptures, but tradition tells us that James had camel's knees um, because of spending so much time on his knees in prayer. And also tradition tells us that uh, he was, uh, you know, he stayed in Jerusalem. Despite the dispersion, he stayed. And tradition says that he was uh, brought to the top of the temple and asked to denounce Christ. And that he refused and was thrown off the temple and uh, stoned and then finished off with a club. Now, I don't know for sure. But the point that James tells us here is to hang in there. Hang in there despite your, uh, your trials. And so no matter what you're going through today, hope that you'll hang in there. And if you are here today and have lost your home and maybe you came and visited, don't leave here without asking for help. We have uh, good elders here, have several people here. We don't want you to leave here today without asking for help. And if you have a spiritual need, that we can help you with, don't leave here today without asking for help. There's people here that are willing uh, to help you. Let's bow for a quick prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for allowing us to stay today. This, help us to dive into James even more. Dear Father, help us to reach out to those around us that need help. And dear Father, if there's anyone in here that needs help, help them to be willing to ask it today. And so your son's name we pray. Amen.